Welcome to Real Herbalism Radio. Real herbs, real life, real easy. Now, a word from our sponsor. This show is brought to you by Practical Herbalist Press, herbal books for today's practical herbalist. Find their books on Amazon.com today. When herbalists get cooking, there's inevitably a lot of leftover plant material. What do practical herbalists do with all those spent herbs? Composted, of course. Today, we'll be talking about practical, the practical home composting for your herbal kitchen and even garden scraps. Now, here are your hosts, Candace Hunter and Sue Sierra Lupe. I'm Candace Hunter. And I'm Sue Sierra Lupe. And, and welcome, welcome to, to Real Herbalism, Herbalism Radio. Yeah, I get lots of scraps left over in my kitchen yeah. regularly. Yeah, me and too. I'm really bad at composting. I do it, but it looks kind of more like a mess out there. Oh, yeah. And my illustrious partner, Patrick, decided to bring in a worm bin, which actually did help a lot. Yeah. So that helped. He has become the worm expert. Vermiculture. Yes. And well, Sue, your composting is amazing. Oh, why? Thank you. I'm appalled that I can't do this. Mm. I'm so bad. Well, I think <laughs> so. we got some solutions for you. So I've got a lot of the beginner questions to ask you guys. Okay. And you guys are the experts. Right. Now, <laughs> again, not an expert. <laughs> uh, I, I have success, so I can speak to my success. Right. And I have, have taken success. classes in compost. I have this giant uh, envelope here, well, giant notebook here. Uh-huh. From, it's like four inches thick. It is for a, easily four inches thick because I took back in 2006, 2006 took the Master Gardener do the extension service class and part of it was the compost and i took an extra one inches on composting no no it's not but i also (laughs) took another um multiple class series on composting right it was a lot of fun i think you need a couple binders that's too much yes it's a lot it was super fun to lug around yeah well yeah last year we took a a class through osu extension and the master gardener program Mm -hmm. on vermiculture and partly because at this great price and at the end of that class you'd walk away with this worm bin that you'd make yeah and that was really cool yep Uh, the real impetus for us doing this and which a lot of listeners might be as well as that our trash Mm -hmm. we we dump our own trash at the local depository we Mm -hmm. load up a trailer and we do it we stopped composting and we noticed our trash amount went Way, way up, way up, way through the roof. So mm-hmm. that study that they did a long time ago was how much uh, percentage of your trash is organic trash, trash mm-hmm. that can be you know you know used as compost. Right, it's like eighty percent. Yeah, really, really it's high. Really yeah, high. for us that that was the case. You know, when you make a dinner and you're using herbs and you're using you know, lettuces and stuff, everything that you do with plant matter, it's all goes in the trash when it can right. be compost. And we don't, mm-hmm. like, you guys have chickens, so there's right. a lot of, like, the vegetable ends of the celery and carrot ends and stuff you can throw off for the chickens. We right. don't have chickens. Yeah. You know, as much as I like the idea of having chickens, you know my that, landlord doesn't. Mm-hmm. So there's that no problem. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. We could probably put them in that back area. Yeah. <laughs> probably could. <laughs> probably could. They're yeah. mighty darn cute. They are very cute. They give your dog something to do. I'd go for the ducks, but you know, anyway. Chickens are better for the food scraps. Yeah, and they're not as hard on the lawn. They they have little rakes on the ends of their feet. That's true. As opposed to 
They're probably tools. smarter overall, to be honest. I mean, hmm. smarter to have. <laughs> oh, okay, <but> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Sorry. honestly, ducks kind of take care of themselves. There's yes. not a lot of work you have to do with ducks. Yeah. So they can overwinter outside better, too. Yeah. Part, so. And they're, I think, a little more medically durable, whereas yes. chickens yeah. have been bred more. Yeah, So they not get a few more weird things. I have a couple of chickens that, that just occasionally they'll get a hitch in the giddy-ups. And mm-hmm. I have no idea what happened, and then a couple of days it's gone. Yeah, and I, I didn't it's fix like, it. Okay. I didn't. I didn't. I have no <laughs> idea what happened, but they're just. And it's just the, the two sisters. So yeah. it might be something to do with their breed or something. Could be. Like yeah. they get something on their feet, and it's a problem. Mm. But for composting, they yeah, it's not awesome. they they go in there because I have open bins made. It used to be a, a shed. So it's these mm-hmm. big bricks, right? And we put some um, steel rods through to, to cement them, and then they're kind of you know staggered to make mm-hmm. a, a brick compost two bin system. I know a lot of people say, "Oh, you gotta have a three bin." Uh, we don't really have I, enough. I have for a that. one bin, right? <laughs> yeah, we right. have a one bin, and yours is made of pallets, right? No, Isn't it? Well, we, we had one we, of those. We tried the pallet. One. We've tried yeah. many composting yeah, systems. We've had, yeah. the, we've had the, um, we've had the black the, barrels that had doors right. on and baffles, and then we roll them around the ground. Green the generic And we've from, had yeah. the black vertical uh, one, which the we have one on the R. Yeah. We called them the R two D two style right. ones because they do kind of look like little droids. Yeah, we've done the pallet ones, and now we've tried open air. We've tried clothes. We've had open air, and then now we have brick, but not like what you've done. We had a lot of brick left over from a project, um, so these are building bricks, like red, red brick, right? Yeah. And we just stacked from the making that oven, your right, pizza oven, oven. oven. Yeah. okay. So we we collected a lot of brick that year, and, and this is one of the, some of the brick that we didn't use. So we staggered it when we put it on there, so there's air that right. can get in and out. Yep. Uh, but it's still just a one bin, so I have to. I'm turning it over probably every other week or so. I just mm-hmm. keep turning it over, turning it over, turning it over. Yeah. Now the cool thing is, there's lots of worms out there. Right. Yeah. yeah I've got lots mm-hmm. of worms, and I can see it's starting to do it, but it's still we keep adding new material to it versus at all. We haven't taken anything out of it yet, and I don't mm-hmm. know that we will. Just you know, for a while, you need more volume. I mean, that's that's, yeah, that's the problem, right? Yeah. And so, and so for us, um, you know, the trees that we have in our house, I have pine and I have laurels, which are not not the compost leaves. I have to take a trip to the local uh, garden area where they dump the leaves and, mm-hmm. and get a bunch of leaves. Can I do that in fall? Uh, or I can go spend seven or eight bucks on a bale of hay. Which we did last year. You know, right. But that's so, so dry. I mean, you need some more green. That's what you need. Well, but if, but so if, if like, because these are the problems that I've always encountered. It yeah. always seems like it's always wet. Because yeah. everything that I put into it is mm-hmm. green. It's, it's green you stems. Need more it's carbon. Green. Okay, yeah, we yeah. need, so someone equated I think it was you, Candace, that said when you're doing compost, it's all about building a fire, uh-huh. right? And I have, and I'm really good at building a fire, but I can't seem to light a compost fire to save my soul. Oh, I just cannot are. seem because I've seen compost. I think see, I've even seen yours. Like we come over to your house on a winter day and it's steaming. Right, sure. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. steam. Oh. I want the steam. Uh-huh. But I don't make get the, the steam, steam happen. Yeah, yet. I don't get those steam. <laughs> well, and a lot of our yard waste ends up being things like the blackberry that we pulled out. Yeah. I don't want to put that in the compost right. because we're doing the cold compost system, and mm-hmm. I'm not sure that that would really completely kill off the blackberry and turn it into real 
you know, not, it's going to re Yeah, because it has to get a certain temperature, right? <laughs> right. For yeah. things to convert yeah, over. Yeah, you, you need three items. I mean, they most people say you need carbon and nitrogen. You actually need, there's a parrot in the background. You need actually three three of them. The, the nitrogen, that's your green stuff, which is all your energy, the grass clippings and manure and garden stuff. And then you need the bulk, which is your hay and your cornstarch and your your wood chips and stuff like that and then you need a, a balancing thing I'm, I'm looking at my notes here where you've got horse manure and bedding or the deciduous leaves the combination of those three things the balanced ones are low to medium moisture medium porosity and medium nitrogen so those are the three items that you need not just hot nitrogen and then cold carbon right so like our kitchen scraps which are mostly vegetable matter right you know carrot ends and celery and Mm -hmm. that's your nitrogen stuff yeah that would be the high hot Mm -hmm. nitrogen stuff yeah and then our bale of hay which is the only thing we that's the bulk that's what we've effectively come up with for our dry material Mm -hmm. is the dry stuff we probably don't have a lot of the in-between Right. No, we don't. We don't yeah. have access to deciduous leaves. Is yeah, that's we don't your have, thing. We don't have that many deciduous. Yeah. So, in like our you said, area. we have to yeah. go to the um, to, go to the them. place and and actually get a bunch of it and keep it on reserve. Right. Right. Yeah. Like a stack of it, so that we could add to it. Could get a trailer it. full of leaves. Well, from your the- your grape leaves. That would be a good one because you got that all the grapes and they make a ton of leaves. They do. Yeah. So at the end when you're pruning it or the leaves are dropping in the fall, grabbing yeah, those, fall. put those right in your compost. So would you add all well, Right of- now our grape leaves serve to mulch in under the grape vines yeah. and across everything else. And then what falls outside the fence I've just usually left. Right. So, but yeah, just take them down. But I see what she's there. saying. My question is, is adding that, you don't add that all at once, do you? Or do you add that as you're progressively building well, your pile? Well, we got a couple of big plane trees out front of our house. Right. And they got leaves galore because those trees oh, are yeah. really old. Right. Big and old, yeah. Yeah. So they have, so a lot of the stuff I just let lay on my lawn lawn haha i don't have a lawn Uh, but it you know it stifles the grass so i don't have grass in between the pads and and then in the fall or in the fall i'm kind of evening it all out keeping it off the brickway and everything and now i'm pulling chunks of it and throwing it on the compost pile putting my layer of trimmings or 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 food waste on it, and then I'm throwing another bucket or two of the plain tree leaves. So, so I'm for, still layering it, and my chickens are milling it up when it starts right. getting hotter. So we could we have in the spring then when it's time to trim the grapevines back anyway, so it's mm-hmm. the best time for trimming those. That would be a good time to yeah. take the grape leaves off of where they've fallen. Yeah, we can pull them out. They don't really need to keep mulching in that area anymore. Yeah, and not all okay. deciduous leaves make good compost. Right. I know the laurel leaves don't. The laurel, yeah, the shiny, waxy stuff yeah. does not. Of course, holly leaves are. They will. Those things will decompose. Obviously, you know, we don't have it. The archaeological treasure trove of laurel leaves that are just you know yeah <laughs> they eventually, eventually but yeah. that's that would be a you'd have to have a much much bigger and a hot compost right and uh, let's be clear the laurel we're talking about is not bay laurel right it's the hedges the giant right. hedges the english laurel english laurel yeah so it's a nuisance around here uh, um i love my english laurel it's a nice thick thick buffer between me and the neighbors it is we dug ours out though yeah i dug it yeah. out when i was pregnant 
with Aaron. You had, had issues. A, oh, I just wanted that thing <laughs> out of Explains a lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it does. But the, the other things is oak leaves. Those are great for paths, but I don't put them in the compost right. because or they are lelopathic. Yeah, walnut would be the same. Walnut is the same, yeah. Which means lelopathic. A lelopathic means that it, it serves as, it kind of deadens the soil. Right. It's, it protects the mother plant. And she drops her leaves and those leaves kind of deaden the soil so that her baby acorns that also drop down there don't turn into acorn trees and then right. serve as competition for her. Right. So they would kill her. Right. And most of the trees that are allelopathic have round seeds in some way, like acorns are relatively roundish and will roll I, yeah, and they're also carried away. Well, you'll Walnuts fall in giant balls. It seems like it got away. some kind of gloss on them. Yeah. Um, English ivy. If you look under English ivy, there's oh, nothing growing one. under there. Right. It's easy to see what's allelopathic by looking underneath even yeah. a sparsely layered uh, tree. Right. So if you look under a holly, there's nothing under there. Yeah, not much grows under the yeah. holly. Uh-uh. Yeah. It'd have to be really deep in order to, like, I know that you can grow comfrey under there and you can control comfrey right. by growing under a holly right. tree because it goes very deep. Those those roots are huge. Mm-hmm. Right. They, they go beyond the, the chemical saturation from those leaves, but... Whatever, but the next year of the oak or you know those allelopathic ones, when you start seeing the fungus grow up in the rotting leaves, mm-hmm. then that's fine then for your okay. compost. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, I think y'all's problem is you just haven't had enough volume. Mm-hmm. You need, you just need bulk. We need a bigger pile. Yeah. You bigger get pile. a great big pile. A big need big pile. Yep. <laughs> Which may be a problem for our worms because we have worms too that eat some of our kitchen scraps. Yeah, but they they go all over the place. You know, if it's it when the no, winter, I mean we do vermiculture. We we've, we've got a worm bin inside. Oh right, right. Yeah. So describe your worm bin to our listening audience. What does yes, it look master like? vermicultural well man of our house again? <laughs> Not an expert. <laughs> Well, the, what I thought was really cool is that the OSU had a um, worm bin that was based on Rubbermaid containers. Yeah. And they showed you. Portable. How, portable. Just those mm-hmm. portable. I think yeah. they were like 15 or 20 gallon. The standard storage Rubbermaid, Rubbermaid yeah. container you can mm-hmm. find. Uh, you have to use a dark cover colored one. So there's a deep burgundy or black if you can find it. But nothing of light color because it's again, you're dealing with worms and they don't. They, they prefer need, the dark. They prefer the dark. Okay. Uh, so there's plans, and we'll have links to the PDFs um, that OSU provides on how to make these. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, notes. it's it's okay. two of them. They're one's nestled in, inside the other. And the base of the first one, there's a couple pieces of, you know, in this case, they use, they use treated wood, but it could be a brick. It could be whatever, just to keep the inside uh, um, the, the top bin from settling down. Right. So there's, so there's space. some space. Okay. So, and then you punch... Uh, or drill holes. There's a set of, a set of holes that you drill in the in the, the, um, the nesting in the inner bin. Okay. And the water and stuff will, will drip down into the lower bin. That's your reservoir bin. Okay. Um, an interesting fact: that water is not compost tea. Well, you know, they that was told a big us thing. one thing. That was a big thing. But we have a friend who does a lot of vermiculture, and he's used it in all of his plants, and he says it makes I know. them very happy. But, that, and, mm. but again, whether or not you told. can use that product, 
Mm-hmm. It's fine. I mean, yeah. they, they had some debate. They said, well, you shouldn't use it. It's too hot. Right. We've mm-hmm. used it and had it's success not, with yeah. it. So I'm not, I don't, but they were very quick multiple times to say that's not the tea. It's right. not right. actual compost tea. Right. Yeah. It's not compost tea. Yeah. Right. I'm still trying to figure out where that comes from. Well, oh, yeah. Compost, compost tea is like tea. when you take compost and you put it in water, submerge With it. With some like, enzymes. Yeah, like you would. agitate it. Yeah, like mm-hmm. you would like an herbal tea, but okay. it's compost you're putting in there and it's a huge bucket. Right, it's right, right. Like it's down to earth, yeah. I believe you can get compost tea for free. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, yeah. They have a huge free vat there. Small, you walk up with your bucket thing. and you can spigot it off. Oh, yeah. I believe that right. they, it's a free Down thing to earth like being our, one of our local garden shops. Garden shops. Yeah, um, garden. So anyway, then you um, uh, add uh, some vent holes with some uh, little vent covers that you can get at the building area. Of plumbing? The, Is it the plumbing? Uh, no, these are, these are um, for your, your fascia, fascia boards oh, on your house. Oh, right, right. Uh-huh. Uh, they're little mm-hmm. plastic things. You insert them Scream. in. So. Yeah, they have screens or they have little vents so the worms can't get out. Yeah. And uh, then you start – well, in our case, uh, they started the bin. They already had worms. Uh, And you're using the red wiggler. That's the Mm -hmm. worm that you're going to use. Yep. Um, Available in mail-order spots. And Mm -hmm. a lot of times if you do go on Craigslist and say, I need worms, people will answer because they know know what you mean. Yeah. And they might have too many. Right. Uh, Right. So then you build up your uh, compost bin with – was it coconut uh, shavings? Yeah, coconut choir. Choir, choir, you know, the like fibrous coconut, coconut uh-huh. stuff. You, that's okay. a that's a base material mm-hmm. uh, with some other. Uh, you start off with some uh, high quality soil as well, a little bit, mm-hmm. not a lot. Uh, some paper that was shredded, mm-hmm. and then you can start adding your food. Now, one of the things they talked about was, okay, the worms don't eat the food. They eat the mold that's on the food. Oh, okay, and yeah. I didn't know that until we took the class. I thought, mm-hmm. well, the worms must be eating the food. No, no, they're eating the mold that's on the food. The so as the mold, the right? As the mold and the and the stuff help to decompose the food, mm-hmm, that's yeah. what the worms are eating. They're taking mm-hmm. that, and as right. it rots, the worms are eating the rot essentially. Okay. So they don't eat the material, but they eat the stuff the material produces as it's rotting. So mm-hmm. do you when 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 we send the child out with the compost bucket, is he putting all that compost into a larger bin where you're letting it rot? So no. Uh, okay. How do you, so, how do you, how do you manage is, that? No, here's the facial. Yeah. So, so <laughs> let's talk about that. So yes. during the class, you said that this is something that you might want to do. You might want to have a reservoir of foodstuffs that are pre-rotted, pre-mold, pre-whatever. Mm-hmm. The issue with that is flies and stink mm-hmm. and smell. Sure, sure. Oh, yeah. is it bad? It's, it's like so bad that I barely want to add food to the worm bin. So that wasn't working for me. Right. So after I had gotten rid of my original amount of uh, food that we were seasoning for the worms, <laughs> as it were. Notice after, he had yeah, little quotation marks around the word seasoning. Uh, <laughs> once, we, once we got rid of that, I started to say, well, this isn't working. So what I thought, well, okay, I'm just going to do like what Candace's mother does because she did vermiculture yeah, under the counter. She of did her, can of worms. Can of brand. worms under her sink in her, or in her basement or whatever basement, it was. yeah. So I thought, well, we're just going to add um, a mix of coffee grounds, which we have a lot of, right. that start to mold on my counter. Pretty fast. Yeah. Right. Pretty, pretty fast. fast. Pretty fast. Yeah. And then we're going to add the the material and maybe we'll add a bucket a week or or a bucket every couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So almost all of the buckets that come, because we have a countertop 
collection bucket, right? Yeah, Almost all of the stuff that comes off there goes into the main worm bin outside. That's the one we were talking about earlier. The main compost Main compost pile. bin. Well, it's full of worms. So it's, a worm bin. it's not a worm bin. But it's the main mm-hmm. compost pile we were talking about. Okay, Almost yeah. all of it goes there. But every third, fourth, or fifth one I will bring out to the worms. I'll dig up the area that I want to put it in, but I want to make sure that the last area that mm-hmm. I put it in, basically that food's gone. Okay. Right. I don't right. want to over, you don't want to overload your worm bin. Right. Because it'll start to smell and you'll develop a whole big thing around that too. And then you get critters and other bugs and That's you nasty. don't, you don't want yeah. that. That's wow. it's icky. So once they're done with that area of food that I've put down, I have a little flag, a little marker flag, with like mm-hmm. a landscaping marker right. flag. Yeah. So that's right. where I was last week. And then this week I'll move it over here and I'll dig a little hole and I'll put food into it. Okay. So that's what we've been doing now. And so far I've been successful. So I'm not adding um, as frequently to the worm bin, but I'm adding probably a larger volume each time I do it. And the worms seem to be happy because mm-hmm. I have so many now that I, I have to build another bin. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Or can you take some of those out and put them in your outside? I, I, in theory, we could. we could. But, you know, when I've turned that bin outside, there's so, so many worms, worms in that in bin. There. So you've already got that going. So, yeah. yeah. And, you know, what's interesting too, people, is that when we put our um, compost bin, our big one, there was no worms there. I mean, you it was – You couldn't get anything to grow there. There was no gravel there. I mean, we just – it was used to store um, like our trailer and stuff. Right, uh-huh. yeah. So when we built Grab that compost, it didn't take very long. Yeah. And now it's like loaded with worms. They will find the food. They yeah, they do. totally found it. Yeah, because yeah, I didn't yeah. add worms to that. I didn't, you know, bring anything else yeah, to it. Yeah, we put it like right on top of the gravel pretty much. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I, clear, I cleared the gravel away so it was dirt. the worst but, of it, but, but yeah, that was it. We so got the, import. When we started our first compost pile, this was a good 20 years ago. Now it's time for a Real Herbalism Radio sponsor break. The Practical Herbalist Press, that's in addition to our website and our podcast. That is right. Practical Herbalist Press is all about providing really good books and information by written by experienced herbalists. Us. Us. But others eventually <laughs> yes, as well. That's very true. And it's bite-sized information that we research the heck out of. We have medical information out there that we're really doing a lot of research on. We are we have growing gardening with herbs. We got stuff for about pets, your yes. home, your family, ethnobotany. Ethnobotany. Mm-hmm. We also put it in terms of the traditional ways we've talked about historic, herbs, like yeah. historic. Mm-hmm. Whether they're warm and cooling, that right. sort of thing, mythical and very practical stuff. The Practical Herbalist Press is dedicated to providing the best herbal related books on the market. Look for our titles on Amazon, search for the Practical Herbalist Press, or visit our website at practicalherbalistpress.com. Now back to the show. We built it up and then our uh, friend of ours brought in for, it was Elvis Musser's, that's Mm -hmm. the celebration of Elvis's birth Mm -hmm. for those of you who are not part of the religion of Elvis. Uh, (laughs) Brought in this big box with a picture of Elvis on it and it was the worms that had composted Elvis. And they're all red wigglers oh, nice. from his compost pile. So that was exciting. That's and very we put nice. put that in there and it really, you know, got us quick start. That right. would, yeah. Some of the things I had to learn about the worms was they have these little tiny eggs that look like itty bitty weeny little lemons. Yes. And that's their eggs. Yes. So those right. are not a problem thing when you're looking through. Yeah, they're not lice. They're not, not bad. Right. They're, they're you, want, you actually things. want those. You want, you want those. those. Yeah. And then they hatch from the eggs and they're itty bitty worms. And they, it seems like 
it, some people have thought they were maggots yeah. when they were new, oh, yeah. but they're not. They're I, can see how you might, yeah. Yeah, I can see how you might think yeah. that. Yeah. They're, 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 I think they're white in color, too. They're really, yeah. they have Itty almost gitty, zero pigment. Yeah. 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 So then after a while, then they develop a little bit more. They get their puberty in and they acne or whatever they, they do. get all teenage yeah and then, and then it's easy to see yeah these are worms and then they'll spread out a little bit more whereas when they're new they they kind of hang together, together in a group yeah. and that's like uh that's in the spring i'm seeing a lot of those so i'm putting more compost on top and not turning it as much in the spring because okay. i got chickens Right, the chickens, chickens thing, would they have are delicious. a heyday, yeah. Right. So They'd the, be all like, ooh, caviar. Right. So We're all here. The thing I'm looking for is soldier fly larva. Soldier okay, fly, you, that's a, that's a we bug. Had those. We get those. We and you can hear them chewing. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. eat the worms. They eat the worms, yeah. Yeah, because so, we had worms in one of one of the many compost experiment bins we had. And then soldier flies came. Mm-hmm. We didn't know what they were at the time. And then we had no worms. Right. They're voracious and you can actually hear them crunch. So you, you, but, but fortunately, apparently they taste like Fritos to chicken. So I just, when I see those, then I'll just pull off a layer of of compost, put that in the second bin and then let the chickens have at, and they just, they prefer the soldier fly larva to the worms. Nice. Right. I don't actually know if they taste like Fritos. I'm not saying this as a scientific thing. But the chickens chickens say they taste good. They say, and who am I to argue with them? You should never argue with chickens. chickens. This is why we need to have chickens. Yep. Hey, I didn't say no. I never said no. (laughs) Someone else in our household said no. No, I said, I think I said no. I said no to eating them or or cleaning them. I will not do that again. Oh, yeah. No. Did you all have chickens? No. We had a friend who had chickens and he had some older ones that were. And they had to move and they were culling the flock. They were culling the flock. And so I said, hey, I've never done this before. I've never plucked a chicken. I've never been a part of that aspect of farming. Mm-hmm. I'm stuck in the city because my man's a city boy. Sure. What the heck? Let's go experience this. And it was really, really awful. That's it why was I'm actually, a vegetarian. For me, for me it was honestly. okay. I was okay <laughs> with it, but my man was not okay with it. So I did almost the whole job by myself. Yeah, it's, it <laughs> is fine. not a favorite. No, I mean, I don't think that it would be something I would say, yes, let's do that again. Mm-hmm. But if I had to survive by killing my own chickens so that I could eat, I'd sure. be okay. Right. I, I can do, I can do, deal yeah. with that. Patrick would go vegetarian, wouldn't you? No. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> I just hired out. You just keep me around. That's <laughs> all. Throw bacon on a tree. Be okay. I just, yeah, so I like there's the a eggs. third kind of composting that we haven't talked about at all, and that's hot compost. Hot composting. Right. And that's something that you have to have a huge, just like a big really scale. Big, yeah. It's big and it goes faster. Right. Because the, the, and, you know, it's really decomposing really fast and you have to have a thermometer and there's there's all kind. But mm-hmm. for home use, really, it's there's not, no yeah. reason to. And the garden shops will sell you the thermometer. They're like, this is for right. compost. If you got cold compost, just an open one, like, you know, the yeah, bins. Which like is the got, cold, yeah. Which is the cold. You don't need that. So how right. do you set up a, a hot compost? Then? Well, that's, I the hot so compost is So you're so unhappy things. that I asked you that because now you got to look it well, up. Well, actually, we know that there are experts. I mean, there's, there's a business locally that sells, that does composting on a very large scale. Mm-hmm. And people right. go and they actually pay them to take their yard scraps and they use the hot compost 
method to turn it into compost that they then sell to those same people. So you drop off your yard scraps at this station, you drive through, and at that station you pick up already composted stuff. Yeah, yeah you I need know. to start with that. at least a cubic yard in volume. So that's yeah. f- an open five-foot-wide pile at the base, three feet high. That's your that's, starting. Right. That's not really home use necessarily. Right. That's a lot. That so, is a lot. I, I would say that if we, if you people who are listening are interested in learning more about hot composting, we could definitely look for an expert and get someone to come in and mm-hmm. talk to us about that. Yeah. But you're going to have to let us know. Right. I mean, send, us, send us email or comments. Yes. Um, what, send them uh, to- hot compost. I have more questions about that. And then we'll dig around and find an expert. And hot, like yeah, it's 120, between 120 and 150 degrees for several weeks a month. And it'll right. take, it'll turn it down. It'll take it down to like half the volume uh, by the end of the month. It'll, right. Uh, that's really fast, but most of us. I don't think it's using worms to do it. I mean, no, it's, it's, too, it's a whole different process. Worms, right. So, but it is, it can be for like a big thing, like a school or something like that. Right. The school, farms, farm right. scale stuff, people Larger. who are doing even well, hobby especially farms. Especially with a farm with all the animal farming. waste as well. Yes. Yeah. 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 Hobby farming, that sort of thing. Right. Or if you've got or a bunch of got invasive weeds, hot compost is great for that because it That's will right. kill it. Yeah, yeah. For us, we have a secondary compost pile that I use with probably the intention of never actually using the compost, mm-hmm. at least not in an area that I don't want weeds, and that's for our invasive weeds. Right. And we usually take the blackberry and just throw that out. You got but morning glory. We have a lot of morning glory. Which are horrible. <laughs> and they're, yeah, even, the, even like a quarter inch long piece mm-hmm. of the That's, root will root and turn itself into morning glory and then it will take over yeah. really fast yeah which it has done and so as i weed that out through the the warm months when i can find it i throw it in the secondary bin and mm-hmm. the mean, r2d2 unit. yeah it's our yeah. little r2d2 unit yeah so that one gets the stuff that i don't want to compost for fear that it might so it won't again. be hot enough in right. your open bin to really break it down or right. the blackberry vines or things like right. that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, if you're real. interested in hot composting, use the contact form on our website, um, realherbalismradio.com. Go to the contact us link and then just fill out the form and say that, yeah, you're interested in learning more about hot composting. And if we get enough responses from people, we'll see what we can do mm-hmm. to find an expert to come in and talk to us about that. Yeah. I think other things people ask about with compost is pests. Mm-hmm. And for cold compost, that's it's easy, but that's the thing is you're going to have mice. Yeah, as you're you say, mice critters. and rats. Yeah. Those and again, sure, that's I mean. the thing is for us, we, we'll always have a mouse in there, but we have chickens and chickens eat mice. So it's okay. So it's all it right. Out. Yeah. yeah. So it doesn't, These creatures are super Creatures. I know chickens, chickens are like yeah. amazing. Oh, they take care of mice. I don't even need cats. They take care of the mice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my, if we had to rely on my cats to take care of the mice, oh, forget my God. about it. Yeah, because our cats are old. I don't know. And You're making a case for investing in some chickens, super chickens, right? They're pretty awesome. <laughs> Orpingtons. I usually. How many for a standard? city kind of dwelling i mean we live in a we live in a small city well regulations you know? will vary for yeah the when regulations. i moved in eugene oregon they said you could have two right which is stupid yeah, and of course you can't have roosters enough. which is great i don't want roosters because roosters are mean yeah <laughs> uh, 
I do not like roosters. And I know there are nice roosters out there. I haven't met the nice rooster yet, and I'm not going to change my opinion for some exception to the rule. <laughs> I will continue to have my bias against roosters. I have no problem with breaking the rules. What I'm curious about is how many chickens does it take to reasonably take care of your garden? I mean, four? Uh, well, okay, the size for a regular regular yeah, for, background yeah. backyard size. Um yeah. I think actually three is a comfortable amount because okay. they do have a pecking order. Yeah. So three of them can get along pretty good. You get four and you start having one that's ostracized, whereas like okay. it's like with three kids. Yeah. You know, there's they are they'll 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 kind of get along. Yeah, they'll get along and they might fight amongst themselves, but but it's not so bad. And then yeah. when you get the fourth one, then there's two pairings. Right. Or, yeah. Right. So they'll two of them will fight for the bottom spot. So what you want to aim for is either two or three, three being probably optimal. Yeah. And then after that, if you're in a larger farm area or you live on a county plot like some mm-hmm. of us do, yeah. you can get away with a larger sum. Right. And maybe you're looking at more like five, six, seven, where you right. get into a large enough flock that. But you do got to look at what your what the ordinances are in your area. Oh, Don't think you can get away with it. I mean, they are. Well, chickens are pretty quiet. Yeah, it depends on it depends on a lot of things. Like we've got a rooster living in our neighborhood that's definitely on a city lot area. But uh-huh. no nobody's gonna, no nobody's turned them in in our town. No one's going to do anything about right. it. It's fine. And but I chickens, do know other towns are more stringent in their application of the rules. I've, my my family was a little reticent about the idea of chickens, mm-hmm. except you know my daughter was all excited about it. But I was like, no, they live, what, five, six years? Mm-hmm. Then they're gone. They're right. dead. You know, they've died of old yeah. age, which um, which apparently it's the exception right. is any chicken we've ever taken care of. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. Elderly yeah, chickens. But they stop producing. Yeah. They stop producing eggs after like four to five years. But yes. they can live to be like 10 years yeah. old. And right? so if you're putting a light in on them to have them produce during the winter then they're they're going to produce sooner. sooner yeah so but for for helping with compost which is our topic then they're great for raking it up and right. i'll put a pile of compost on my garden in spring like now and they rake it even yeah if you let them be a part of helping with your garden then they'll earn their keep for their elderly, right. elderly years yeah like they take out all the wire worms and nice. and the cutworms and everything nice. like that which is very nice. nice now i know that ducks are trainable are chickens as trainable like can you march your chickens out to the from one yard like we have our part of our garden is unfenced right by the if by they the think there's so food there they will go they'll just go yeah and they'll come back you, you know? can throw some seed down where you want them to go, and then ooh, candy. they'll just go after and, that. Yeah. You can just kind of seed trail them back exactly. to the yard. Oh, that sounds so bad. Yeah. So it sounds like another episode. Yeah, uh, chicken. 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 We might no, have to talk maybe. about chickens separate from compost too. I think so maybe yeah. I'm trying to think of anything else people ask. Just the pests and oh, and oil. People Are there don't want meat on your yeah, compost. No meat. Right. No meat. No citrus. Low oil. Onions. I don't know about the citrus thing. I'm always I'm always saying what they always what say, they but I've us. always thrown citrus have in. You had it, it takes longer, but it still, does eventually break down though. Yeah, because that's what I heard does. is the reason you don't put it on is because it just won't break down, or it will but take. It, it does. Yes. It always does. Now, coconut husks, I've found those do not break down. The hard coconut shells? Yes. Yeah. And yeah. and like there was uh, my middle son was throwing, like taking his old T-shirts and cutting it in strips and throwing it in the compost. 
Did that break down? No, no. it did not. Yeah, Candace, Candace says that too. She takes the dryer lint and she throws it. I'm like, this never breaks down, Candace. And I don't care what they told you. I always have clumps of dryer lint in yeah. my compost years after you put it in there. <laughs> I get so frustrated. Stop doing that. But if you put it out for the, the birds, the birds will use it for their, their nests. That's just fine. I have a teenager at home. The birds are even going to go, oh, God, no. We can smell even through your detergent. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Um, I, 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 like, I even put yeah. strips of wool out on a hook, which is what I have mm-hmm. right now for the yeah, birds, for the to, birds take. to take. And they they'll take that. We have a little thing on the on our website, um, little baskets to hang yes. up with stuff with ribbons yeah. and whatever for Thanks children for, to for, um, making bird so, birds um, nesting. Yeah, the onion or excuse me, the orange and citrus peel could be strictly for the, uh, the worm bin. It could, it could be, but I have it in my cold composting, but my cold composting hurt. is big. Again, volume. But, we get, well, but citrus volume. is not like, vermifuge, so it's not All I'm saying worms. is this is what they said. That's what they said. No, I'm, yeah. I, and I'm, tell, I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm just saying it's not. I know the reason they say no to the onion family, garlic, onions, shallots, leeks, all of them, is because mm-hmm. those are have vermifuge qualities, which means they will kill worms. It's kind of the point like oh, you don't don't put worm oh, wood verma <clears throat> yeah culture yeah project don't put that in there yeah if you're if you have wormwood and you trimmed it don't put that into your worm bin mm-hmm. maybe well, you're, i'm gonna be using that yeah maybe in your compost it'll be fine right in your big I, compost pile because it might be big enough that it won't really harm the worms but in your worm bin it, that'll kill your worms right. yeah i think you said it you too know, I mean, most worm bins bath. are not yeah they're mm-hmm. not big right i mean they're right. Uh, you know, yeah a couple square feet yeah, worm um, bins are small. You can get the big, you know, big, bigger ones. But mm-hmm. uh, so with that volume with the citrus or the onion, because we do that in our in our outside cold one, we mm-hmm. put that stuff there. But um, not in the not in the vermiculture. And yeah. you know, they like eggshells. Apparently, worms like, like eggshells. Yeah, the sharp yeah. edges. They I like guess are a thing. Mm-hmm. So Calcium. Just, you just crush them up in your hands mm-hmm. and then jump them in there. And yeah. Yeah, the, and remember they love coffee grounds. They do love coffee grounds, and coffee shops will give if you say ahead of time. Sometimes people just like Starbucks will put it out. They'll yeah, put the old not. grinds out, and sometimes you can talk to a local grocery too. Like yeah. in our area, there's a big, fairly large uh, grocery that they save their grocery scraps from the produce department, and the pig oh, farmers nice. come in and get it. Right. Nice. So I bet you. They would often love give you. Sure. You yeah. arrange it ahead of time. If yeah. you're willing to talk to somebody, then they'll, or yeah. small restaurants or things yeah. like that, they'll, they'll give you their, their stuff to bulk up your pile. But volume is pretty important yeah. for starting a compost one. And then if you're desert farming or on the beach, that's a very, it. a very different thing. And yeah, you will so. probably have to end up watering your pile. Yeah. I was going to say for desert climates or dry climates, you're probably going to have to water it. Yep. And you're not going to have access to the leaves. In really cold climates like Minnesota, where we grew up, Mm -hmm. to keep a compost pile really working, it has to be large. Right. If it's not large, it's not going to make it through the sub-zero temperatures that hit through January. Yeah. And hints are looking around at your environment. Mm -hmm. Do you, in the desert, everything stays. No, things don't decompose really. It's preserved. Right. Out in John yeah. Day, you know, it's a great, great for preservation, but that's not, right. you're wanting the opposite of preservation. Right. Yeah. So you have to really work at it in this environment. 
the the leaves just compost within within a few months. Yeah, the just Pacific naturally. Northwest is a lot very of wet, lots damp of fungus. and moldy. Yeah. yeah, damp, moldy environment here. Yeah, yeah, not so great for our lungs, but fabulous for compost. Fabulous for compost. When we started off, one of the questions I had before we went. We actually got our worm bin and, and found the class and did the class. One of the questions I had that was really, really hard to find an answer for is I've got, you know, your average size family, our case is family of three, but, you know, for a family of four, the average American family who cooks at home regularly, how big of a worm bin do you want and how many worms are you wanting to get started with? Oh, the difference between a 10 to 20 gallon container. Is that yeah. what you mean? Yeah. I mean, what size is the container that we ended up getting started with? That's the worm bin. The worm bin. I know what you're I asking. Think it was. I, I, just just remember, I don't know the quantity. Thinking about it. It I was thinking like, it might have been like the same size. Like what size is that tank? That that tank over there. That that's like a 50 gallon. That That's I a think, 50 gallon? Yeah. No, it's not. It's not that's that many. No, it's it's like the size of a, I think it's a 25-gallon worm bin. I think that's the yeah, size 20, of the rubber bin. 14-gallon plastic tubs. Okay, 14-gallon okay, plastic tubs. So right. for our family, I think probably to reasonably compost with worms, majority of the time we probably need two sets of those. So Okay, know, that's two reasonable. 14- yeah. All and right. when we got our started, the number of worms that they gave us to put in there was, I think, a half a pound, wasn't it? Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. A so lot. it was just a half a pound. So one of the questions I had when I was getting started before I knew of this class and I could do it is, mm-hmm. okay, so I'm going to invest in the containers and all of this stuff. Now I've got to purchase worms probably online. How many do I get? Right. And I couldn't get a straight answer. And my straight answer to families now is. Half a pound of worms is actually a reasonable amount oh, yeah. to start with. And they do multiply. Right. Yeah. And yeah. they multiplied surprisingly fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's coming on 10 months for us, 11 months for us. And mm-hmm. I think uh, we do have to get another bin at this point because we have right. too many worms. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, and we've been probably at the point where we could have started a second bin for three or four months now. Yeah. So, you know, if you start with your 14 gallons and it's going well and, and you're happy with it and you want to be able to compost more Mm -hmm. you'll probably have enough worms after about six months that you can set up a second bin split the worms you've got across the two sell your worms become a a millionaire (laughs) there you go (laughs) so that was one of my big questions that we now have an answer to Mm -hmm. half a pound is a plenty to get started for an average cooking family of three to four i think i for uh, i brought in a can of worms like mm-hmm. in a, a Tupperware container mm-hmm. that uh, quart size okay. for my friend's compost pile. And it was just a single bin, more yeah. than enough. It took a little while, but I, you know, they, shoom, now they're, they're, they're alive and happy. Yeah. And, and it, again, it was just a matter of getting the volume up. Right. Enough for them to, to eat and move around and they need the acreage. Yeah. Yeah. They need they some like places to, to play, build their playgrounds. Mm-hmm. But for us, we got like 10 garden beds, raised bed garden beds. You guys beds, have a lot. And we really actually need another bin. Yeah. You guys have a larger, you actually have a large scale operation for your tiny little plot. Yeah. There's, there's a, we, a lot of tomatoes because to me, I don't like the way the tomatoes are raised. Now I don't like that idea of getting them from Florida where they got slaves doing it. <laughs> little kids no that makes me sick so i'm yeah. just raising my own and then canning it right and the other items that i'm growing the kales and the other the greens and whatnot peas 
I'm not paying yeah. for peas. I know, right? They're ridiculously expensive and they're so cheap and easy they're to grow. They're cheap and easy to grow. I mean, they'll even easy grow for me. Per- right. <laughs> See, there you go. There's the root <laughs> in the pudding. But, and they're good for the soil. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not paying for those. They've got a freezer. It'll stick more in the freezer. At the end of the season, I'll just dry the peas that are left on the pod that I ignored. And that's my planting that's for, for next year. year. Yeah. So, but I do, I will need another bin just for that. Yeah. And it does, people forget how much volume you lose once you start getting that mass condensed into soil. It right. really does at least it goes down half, yeah. if not more. So I think people look at that big full bin and they're like, oh man, I can't use all that soil. Like it's not going to be that way for long. Look, it'll cover a half of your bed now once it's done. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But I think that's, you know, other questions people got, feel free to, to send us some, some questions. We do have, it's easy to get a hold of us. You can uh, send us questions on Facebook or Pinterest or uh, Twitter. We also have, um, a newsletter if you sign up for the newsletter you get uh, a way to contact us and there's always the links to our recipes and our how-tos and the ebooks that we have written
This show is brought to you by The Practical Herbalist, simple ways to make natural living a part of your daily life. Check out their website at thepracticalherbalist.com.